If you have the word of the Lord with you, turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Now we're getting, we're getting in. We've, we've went through 1 and 2. Remember that chapters 1 through 3 in Ephesians are doctrinal issues. And 4 through 6 is practical. So we're going to continue on in 3 and see some of these, you know, doctrinal issues that are going to continue on. Um, I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. I don't know if I'm going to get through all of those today, but we're going to see how far we can get. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote of four in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power, unto me who am the least, I am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now we know that Peter was the first one <coughs> that went unto the Gentiles. Remember Cornelius, you know, he saw in a vision and in the vision, he, he said, you know, the, the angel told him to send for Peter. Remember, Peter came in and he saw all these people there. And he said, uh, remember, Peter was, saw that trance and everything and all those beasts and everything in there. And he told them that were in there with Cornelius, he says, you know, it's not really lawful for me to be here. But he says, but God, but God has shown me that what he has cleansed, that to not call common. And that when he was preaching to them, and, and what happened when he was preaching to Cornelius and them, what happened? The Holy Spirit fell upon them. And then Peter said that unto the Gentiles he has granted repentance unto life. Isn't it wonderful? So we look at this, and we can see in here, it's, it's, there's a lot in here that goes against the Gentiles, starting out in verse 1. It says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. So we look at this. And if we go down, I want to go down to verse 8, because it says that he's the less than the least of all saints. Is this grace given unto me that he says what? That I should preach among the Gentiles. So he's sent to the Gentiles. We look at this. For this cause, I, Paul, he says, for this cause, I, Paul, the cause is that of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. That's the cause. For this cause, he says, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. We have to understand that Paul, when he wrote Ephesians, was in the, was in prison. He was in the prison at Rome. We're going to go in a little bit. We're going to go through some verses and see what happened. What happened to Paul and why he was at Rome. He was Rome. You know, we have to remember that I'm going to probably get into that again, that 
Paul spent what? Three years. Three years in Ephesus with the church that was there. So Paul was a prisoner. He was in Rome. And he's a prisoner of Jesus Christ. But it's, you know what? On behalf of the Gentiles was he there. So that's what we got to understand that, you know, Paul was thinking, even in prison, when he was writing this, Paul was thinking about the church at Ephesus and the saints of God. If we look at at, at chapter 1 when it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So we know, Carl, if we look at it, that the city of Ephesus was wholly given over to idolatry. You know, it was the goddess Diana. Remember Demetrius the silversmith. You know, that he was, they were, they were getting upset, really upset at Paul for what he was preaching. He was preaching that these gods are not gods. So they're, basically he was saying, you know, your goddess Diana isn't really a god. You know, because you make that, you made her with your hands. You made it. But my God is in the heavens. My God is in the heavens, you know, and so Demetrius didn't like it because with them saying that he was what? He was a silversmith. He made idols and other people, idols of silver and gold and, and wood or stone. They were making these. That's how they made their living. And if Paul convinced all the people there that Diana wasn't really a god or goddess, that they were going to lose their livelihood. So... So he was in bonds for maintaining what? Paul was in bonds for maintaining that the gospel was to be preached to the Gentiles. When we're getting get it, we're going to get into the mystery. The mystery, I, I'll let you know, because he, he even says it. And uh, the mystery, which is what? That the gospel was to be preached to the Gentiles also. So it was, it was awesome as we, as we look at these things and we see these things. You know, it's, he's preaching the gospel to the Gentiles and showing what? Showing that they were not bound to the law of Moses. Not bound to the law of Moses. And we can, I can say that because when Paul was out there, Remember, there were a lot of the, a lot of the Jews that were saying that the Gentiles had to be circumcised and all these things and everything to follow the law of Moses. And when Paul and I can't remember who it was, Barnabas, maybe I can't remember, they went back to Jerusalem and they finally said that, you know, they don't have to follow that, just that they, you know, don't commit murder, things that are strangled, things that are offered unto idols and different things like this, you know. But the Gentiles were called to be fellow citizens with the saints. So I, I want to go to the book of Acts. Because in there, go to Acts chapter 22 first. Because we're going to see some of the things that were going on back then. If you've, I'm sure you've read the book of Acts, but it's, there's a lot in there about, about Paul. Paul. Acts chapter 22. 
we look in, I'm going I'm to start reading at verse 4. And Paul says, And I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women, as also the high priest doth bear me witness. And all the estate of the elders, from whom also I received letters unto the brethren, and went to Damascus to bring them which were there bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. So we can see Paul was, he persecuted the Christians. He persecuted those. And as, you know, Brother Roger was saying, you know, when God put all of this in, he knew that he was going to bring the Gentiles. Because we look through the scriptures, and other people do I have. You know, so, so he's not, he knew he had the Jews, but other people he had, he was talking about the Gentiles. And we should be so happy because of that. Because without God saying that, and us being part of that, that mystery that the gospel that unto the Gentiles were granted repentance unto life and the gospel, we would not be where we are today. So we can see him. And he talks about he's on the road to Damascus, you know, and he says how, you know, there was a light shined round about him, and he fell to the ground in verse 7, and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And in verse 8 he says, and I answered, who art thou, Lord? So Paul didn't know him, did he? Not at that time. I mean, God knew he was going to, he was a chosen vessel, Paul didn't know he was going to be a chosen vessel. He thought, he thought, see, that he was pleasing God and doing the things that he was doing. So, and he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And those who were with him saw the light, but they, they didn't hear the voice. And I said, what shall I do, Lord? You talk about, a conversion and turning someone 180 degrees around, you know, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee of all things which are appointed unto thee. So we knew these things happened. They took him in there. And then remember he saw in a vision a man named Ananias was going to come and, and touch him, and he did. He touched him. And what does it, what does it say? It's, it was like scales fell off his eyes. So he, he was able to see. Isn't that amazing? And in verse 13 and 14, he says, look at it. Come unto me, came unto me, and stood and said unto me. Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked up upon him, and he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee. Isn't that amazing? That God has chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will, and see that just one, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. He says, you're going to be a witness. You're going to be a witness to everything that I've, I've said unto you. You know, if we drop down and we look in verse 19, and I said, Lord, they know that I am imprisoned and beat in every synagogue them that believed on thee. 
And when the blood of the martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting unto his death and kept the raiment of them that slew him. And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. You know, remember, he had, he had, the Jews wanted to kill Paul at that time. And the chief captain, I believe his name was Lysias, he came and grabbed him away from the people. So look in verse 22, and they gave him audience, the Jews that were there that had been trying to kill him. And they gave him audience unto this word and then lifted up their voice and said, away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. They wanted to kill him. But we know and we can see even in the life, as we look at the life of Joseph in the Old Testament, you can see the hand of God working in that. When you read about Paul, you can see the hand of God that was watching over him through all these things. So it's, it's amazing we look at this. And in verse 11, remember we talked about that he was in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. He's the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Look at chapter 23, verse 11. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer. Be of good courage, Paul. For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou also, must thou bear witness also at Rome. So see, this was all of the, all of the Lord God. That's amazing. The Lord, the Lord stood by him and told him these things that he had to, he had to bear witness. He had to go to be in prison in Rome. Turn to chapter 26 of Acts. You know, he's getting ready, and uh, King Agrippa was there. And Paul was sitting there, and he says in verse 13, At midday, O king, just the same thing going on. And he was telling to the king all these things that are, that it said unto him. And Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And again, Paul said, and I said, Who art thou, Lord? But he got to know the, the Lord the Lord Jesus pretty, pretty uh, closely, didn't he? But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for a purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things into which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. So who was sending Paul unto the Gentiles? God, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was sending. But he said... Unto whom I to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Remember when we read chapter two, we went through chapter two of Ephesus, of Ephesians, excuse me, where they talked about what they were strangers, strangers and foreigners. But Paul says, you know what? I'm going to give you an inheritance among my people. It's, it's amazing when we look at these. Verse 19 and 20. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, 
but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet or suitable for repentance. So isn't it amazing as we see these things and we look at these things? If we look in um, 27 through 29, Paul's again talking to King Agrippa. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am except these bonds. Go down to verse 32. Then said Agrippa unto Festus, This man might have been set at liberty if he had not appealed unto Caesar. See, these people didn't understand this is all, this is all the work of God's hand. This is all the work of Jesus Christ that he had to go to Rome. It's, it's amazing when we, we look at these things and we see these things, you know, that are there in here. So he says, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word. Okay, so he's talking to the Gentiles. He's talking to the church at Ephesus, the brothers and sisters in Christ. And he said, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me, this the grace of God, which was given him to you word. So I looked up to the word dispensation. And here... Um, I can't remember what the Bible dictionary. It says, of the grace of God given him as a stewardship in regard to the same mystery. The mystery. Looked into another Bible dictionary. It said, an appointment, arrangement, or favor as by God. So he says, if you have heard of this grace, the appointment, the arrangement that was given unto him to you word. So, so I, I was looking and it said, we got to understand. Remember, I said earlier, I prefaced it by saying, you know, that Paul had been there for what? Three years. So he says, if ye have heard. So, Remember, this is a letter given unto the church. Some of them might have not had, but what it says is, having often heard Paul preach, for he was with them for the space of three years, wherefore this is not said as if he questioned whether they heard him or not, but as taking it for granted that they had heard Paul speak about this unto them. Because Paul is what? The apostle to the Gentiles. So it's amazing when we look at this. And to you who are Gentiles, remember he's saying this is the Gentiles, not to the Ephesians only. Remember, I want to go back to verse 1 or chapter 1 of verse 1. 
And it says, Paul, he's an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus. So he is talking to them, but it says what? And to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Do you realize who he's talking about? There, to the faithful. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. You're the faithful in Christ Jesus. So this, this book of Ephesus that was written over 2,000 years ago is for us also. It's for us. The things that are here that we would know that we have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word. Isn't it, isn't it amazing? What Paul did in times past and how important he is to the Gentiles. The Gentiles and how many, how much of the New Testament has been written by Paul. That's how important he has become to bring these things unto them. You know, we look at verse 3 and he says, How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words. Isn't it when we look at this? How that by revelation he made known unto me. Remember how I said when we read the scriptures, we don't have to understand that these things are revealed unto him. He made known, God. I, I wrote down when I looked up Revelation. The mystery of the purpose of God in this age. The mystery. The revelation. The communication of the knowledge of God to the soul. So we can see that this was God speaking to his soul and saying, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, the hidden truth, as I wrote afore in few words. As I wrote before in few words. So by Revelations, turn turn to the book of Galatians, chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. <clears throat> I'm going to read for verses 10 through 12. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. So all these things, he was taught it. He was taught it by the revelation of who? Jesus Christ. The revelation. The communication of the knowledge of God to the soul. He's given all of these things. Remember when Peter, when he said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Remember, this is Jesus talking unto, unto Peter and saying, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood man hath not revealed unto thee, but what does he say? My Father which is in heaven. And it's, it's God the Father through Jesus Christ that reveals so many things unto us as we're reading the scriptures, that he reveals these things unto us. He's continually 
revealing things unto us as we grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The mystery. The mystery. You know, when he talks about it. Let me get back into it. How that by revelation he made known unto the mystery. Remember, Paul was, Paul was growing up, brought up as a Pharisee, one of the strictest sects of the, uh, the Jews. The mystery. God revealed it unto him, the mystery, that the gospel was to be preached to the Gentiles also. We have to understand, up until this time, it was a mystery. It, it, nobody had even thought of that, Brother Roger. If you looked at how they were living in Israel, the Jews were living there. And if you look through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's no talk of the Gentiles that are being part of the family of God, was there? There's not really a lot. There might have been some, but it was not. Now all of a sudden in, in Acts, we see things changing, don't we? And now it continues on at the end of Acts and Paul was to be sent to be the apostle to the Gentiles. So we look at these things, this mystery, this mystery that he, he says he wrote a four in few words. We look at before, we look, the things he's written, the things he writ, wrote, writ, wrote in the first two chapters. Remember, we're talking about doctrinal issues. We can see these things that he's talking about here. In the first two chapters of this book, he was teaching, he's taught us so many things. Not just a fee, trying to talk too fast. Not just the saints that were at Ephesus, but to the faithful in Christ Jesus. And we look at these things. What, did, what was he teaching us in these first two chapters? What are the things that he wrote a foreign few words? Predestination. Talked about predestination. He talked about election. He talked about redemption, regeneration, and salvation by free grace. All these things he wrote about. He wrote a four in few words. Wrote before. Wrote before in few words. If you look at chapter one and two, there's not really a lot many words that he wrote there, right? He wrote in few words. So it's, it's amazing when we look at these things and see what Paul is, is teaching, teaching us, us now. You know, we can look at it and we can see. Look in verse 4 of chapter 1. According as he hath chosen us, God hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we, that's us, Paul included, everybody, the faithful in Christ Jesus, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. See, up until this time, that was not something that the Gentiles could look to. That's what we have to understand. But now we can look at it. Then we could, and we should be holy and without blame before him in love. You know, that's what's going to happen at the end of the world. We're going to be able to stand before him without blame because we are what justified justified we are declared to be not guilty in the court of god 
We're not guilty. We can stand before Him holy and without blame for what Jesus Christ did upon the cross. But that was not for Jews only, but for Gentiles. It's amazing. He's predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, God's grace, wherein he, God, hath made us accepted in the Beloved. We're accepted in Jesus Christ. That's amazing. When we look at these things, Brother Roger, and see this, look at it, verse 7. In whom we have redemption. We talked about one thing, redemption, predestination. You know, election. He's chosen us in Him. Now He talks about redemption. You know, in whom we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of His grace. Salvation by free grace. Chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We could, we could read so many things that just show how good He is unto us. Wrote a foreign few words about these things. Whereby, when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Now we have to know, I don't know if you're in your Bible, has to, but there's um, parentheses around this. As I wrote a four in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So when we look at this, you know, when you refer back to them and seriously consider what is contained in them, contained in those words that he's written unto us. You know, in verse chapter 2, verse 19, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. You're no more strangers and foreigners. We're fellow citizens. If we truly and seriously consider the words that are contained here and the impact that these words really do have on our lives. Even though it's 2,000 years after, these words are still having an impact on people's lives. And we need to seriously consider these things. You know, it's it's just... Because you, you look at here, and in, in verse 11 of chapter 2, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Remember, we were thought of as lower than low. Remember the parable about Jesus with the woman. He just wanted to feed from the, yet the dogs eat from the crumbs which fall from the master's table. We were called dogs. That's what we were like. That at that time you were without Christ. We need to seriously consider these words that are here. We were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope 
and without God in the world. Verse 13 starts out with my favorite word, but now in Christ Jesus, you sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Look at verse 4 in chapter 2. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love with which he loved us, wherewith, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in sins. This is the things you really need to seriously consider. These are things that happened in our lives now. Now. You know, when we were dead in our sins, God loved us. God loved us. Yeah, I'm, I'm just so thankful. Thank for the, for these words that are here when we look at them. Now understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. You may see what God has given to Paul to know what has been hitherto a mystery. We look at it, the calling of the Gentiles. So we got to remember, Paul was living this at that time. He knew what this was all about. We understand how Paul forsook everything that he had. So what he had, it was just, it was worthless to him. Those things that he had were just worthless unto them, unto him. So that he could go and preach the gospel, the calling of the Gentiles, taking down of that middle wall of partition between Jew and Gentile. That's it. Making of two one spiritual body. There's really, after that point, there was no more Jew and Gentile. They were all Jesus Christ. They were of the family. We've been adopted into that family. And because we're adopted, we can never be taken out of that. It's awesome when we, when we see and we can look at these things. Look at in verse 5. I think verse 5 is a very interesting verse. Look at what it says. This mystery, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. So we can see this mystery was not made known unto the sons of men. Not at all. They knew nothing about this that unto the Gentiles was granted what? Repentance, repentance unto Life. There was nothing. Because when Peter went in, when Peter went into Cornelius, he says, you know what? I'm really not supposed to be here. But when that sheet was knitted down, it showed, the voice said what unto him? Peter, what I have cleansed, call not thou common. Read in Acts and you can see that. And the people were amazed. The people who went with Peter, you know, Peter was, Peter was not dumb. You know what I mean? He wasn't dumb, brother Roger. He did what? He took witnesses with him. Because I believe Peter knew something was up. Something was up. So he had these witnesses. And the witnesses that were with Peter 
when Peter was preaching to them and they started uh, prophesying and talking in tongues and the different things, that's what it says in there, Brother Roger, and that they were doing that, they saw that the Holy Spirit was given. These people, these witnesses with them were amazed. Because they were witnessing something that was earth-shattering to their world. You have to understand, it was earth-shattering to their world that now the Gentiles had the same access and everything that we have being Jews. Because here the Holy Spirit fell upon them. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's what it says in the beginning of Acts that they're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit when we, when we see these things. And it's amazing. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. And I like, you know what? We look at the word. That's why we really need to understand when we read the Bible. That's why I've told you the last year or so to take time to read the Bible. As it is, what is, what is, what is the word as it is now revealed? So this hadn't been revealed, but Paul is now saying it is now, now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So we can see and we can understand that at that time there were the apostles and there were prophets in that time also. We're not talking, we're, he's not talking here about, we gotta understand, he's not talking about the apostles or the prophets in the Old Testament, Carl, because he's saying it is now revealed. At this point in time, it is what? It is revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. By the Spirit. To the calling of the Gentiles, the full extent of God's grace to the Gentiles. The Spirit, the Spirit, which is by the Spirit, who searches the deep things of God and reveals them and leads into all truth. Falling upon the Gentiles, and then I wrote down, falling upon the Gentiles, and then I also wrote on down here, Cornelius and his family. Cornelius and his family. And then I wrote in big letters on my paper here, now. Now. And I underlined that three times. Because that word now is so important to verse number five. As it is now revealed. That's what we have to understand. Now revealed. So we're looking at all that time in the Old Testament and everything through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and as we look going on into Acts and everything, and Paul being sent to the Gentiles. The Gentiles. All of this is now revealed. This, as I said, this was earth-shattering unto them, and all of these. And all of this, the mystery, the things that he was made known. I want to I close with this in verse 6, that the Gentiles... At the Gentiles, that's, that's you and me. The Gentiles should be fellow heirs. That means we're heirs together 
with the Jews and of the same body, the same body. There's only one church. Back then there was only one church, Brother Roger. And in heaven, I believe there's only going to be one church. So it started out that way. It's going to end that way. Man has changed all these things in between these two points in time. God hasn't changed it because he's saying here that of the same body, the body they're talking about here is the church, the body of the same body and partakers, partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. So we're able to, in this day and age, we're able to do these things that are contained in here. We're fellow heirs, we're of the same body, and we can partake of his promises, promises in Christ by the gospel. You can see the promises that he's given us through the gospels. Starting in Matthew, going on into Revelation, the things that he has promised unto those that believe in him. Believe in him. That's just like in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever what? Believeth in him. That comes from in. It's an inward belief, not an outward profession. It's an inward belief. It's an inward belief. It's in our heart that we can believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I thank you for your kind attention this morning. Does anybody have a song in closing?